Hey everybody and welcome back to the West Side of Home podcast. This is Dave Steimers with you again. Uh, great to have you with us. We uh, The last week, last two episodes, have been working through this little passage in Romans chapter 5 that talks about suffering and it says that uh, suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. So we're taking kind of each one of those uh, facets and we're working towards a living a life of hope, which is such a wonderful place to get to and to, to live in because we all suffer, uh, we all hurt, we all go through pain. And um, when Paul talks about this, he doesn't say, I don't think he means, um, that these things are automatic, that suffering automatically produces endurance or endurance automatically produces character or character automatically produces hope, but there's the opportunity that they could. And so we want to learn from our suffering and in our pain um, and to hear what God has for us. And uh, in the midst of wherever we might be, small pains or big pains, um, whatever suffering might be in our lives, um, to allow ourselves to see God working in it um, and to allow him to teach us and reassure us make us stronger, give us endurance and character, and then to live in hope. So talking about character, uh, last week we talked about endurance, and endurance we call out for wisdom. We ask God what to do, and he wants to provide for us ways to skillfully live, keep going through tough times, and to know how we can do that to live in wisdom. And today I want to turn talking about character to 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse starting in verse 3. He says, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed in the last day for all to see. God is protecting you. He's guarding you, even if it doesn't seem like it, because maybe you're hurting and you're in pain. He says, uh, verse six, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. So now if you've been listening the last couple of episodes, and if you haven't, you can go back right now because it all makes sense so much more if you listen to the first two. So I'll wait while you go listen to the first two episodes, our last two episodes. Okay, you're back with us. So we've heard this uh, same idea now. This is the third time in a row. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. Last week we talked about the testing of your faith, the authenticating of your faith. It's bringing what is good and true in you out. And that is how we're moving through from suffering to endurance and now to character. So Paul talks about it and James talked about it. Now Peter tells us that you can rejoice in the middle of hard times because you can endure and prove that your faith is genuine. And this endurance can produce in you character and really prove your faith and prove who you are, prove your personality. Peter continues, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So remember, again, that's another theme from last time, uh, how, how valuable your faith is. Your faith is what's going to bring you through and help you work through the suffering and endurance and building character. He says it's being tested as fire tests pure gold. Now, fire can do one of two things. If you're thrown into a fire, you throw something into fire. It can destroy or it can refine. And I think that's what Peter's pointing to here, of course, is you want to let it refine you. Just like fire can refine a precious metal like gold. So there's this old story about um, three ladies who had a Bible study and they were reading about this whole idea of being refined by fire and they didn't really understand it. And so they wanted to figure out more. And so one of the ladies volunteers to go to a silversmith 
And she watches him go through the whole process that he goes to. And he talks to her about um, how he makes sure that silver was put into the hottest part of the fire. And he explains that it's so that all the impurities would be burned away. The things that are impure burn at a lower temperature. And so they will burn off and be destroyed. And then everything that's left will be silver, will be really valuable. And he said that he had to watch it at all times to make sure that it wasn't in there too long because you want to burn off and purify all the impurities, but you don't want to destroy the silver. If it was in there too long, it'd be ruined. So the lady asked, well, how do you know when it's done? And the answer he came back with, he said, that's easy. When I see my reflection. And that, I think, is a beautiful illustration of what Peter's talking about. That we go through suffering, we go through hard times um, that are burning off the things that aren't really true of us, the things that are not really pure in us, the things that aren't really us or the things that need to be dealt with. But God is watching and making sure that we won't suffer too long, but he's making us into his, his own image. So that when he looks in us, he sees more of him, more of the one who is truly love. And then you can talk about all the characteristics that come out of that. The one who's really patient and kind and compassionate and forgiving and gracious. So we could kind of go all down the list that our sufferings, if we'll continue to endure, will help us to build that character. Things will burn off of us that need to get burned off. We'll realize what's important and what's not really important, what we need to leave behind. We'll learn valuable lessons in life about who we're supposed to be and who we're not supposed to be. What's pure and valuable will remain if we're watching closely and if we're allowing the fires not to destroy us, but to purify us. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So Peter continues here saying, this is what, this is what you're, you're really ultimately looking for. And although it doesn't always seem like it, these sufferings are actually bringing you to this, this beautiful, wonderful point in your life, if you'll let your trials purify your personality, well, how do you do that? How do you let it purify you when you're going through hard times rather than destroy you? And I think the answer, if we connect it with what we talked about last episode, is that we make a consistent commitment to Christ. Wisdom. We allow the wisdom that we call out for in the, the, those hurting times to become the disciplines that live in our everyday life. And when we are committed to endure and to walk in wisdom, as we learn the best possible ways to, to live in love and grace and forgiveness and all the things of God, then we allow him to make us more like he is. And we allow even the painful stuff in our life to show us what's not as important, what's not lasting, what we don't need to pursue, what's really uh, not indicative of who we are, uh, these things that we try and build up our ego on that maybe need to be destroyed and discarded. And when we make consistent commitment to live in wisdom and to feed the, the good parts of our character and to starve the things that need to be destroyed, these wise decisions over time, slowly, usually build up. And so does our character. That's how it works. We build those muscles. And as we build up wise decisions, they become habits. They become part of our lives. They become endurance and strength. And then they become part of our character.
And that's uh, maybe a nice little speech uh, about some things that hopefully are helpful in actually uh, working towards building character. Um, but we need to be reminded of something even deeper. Um, we can't just say, well, God tells us how to kind of self-help move us through suffering. It's much deeper than that. And a great example uh, is a story in the Old Testament Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, they are Jews who are sent to Babylon. Um, they're confronted with choices. King Nebuchadnezzar built a, a statue and commands everyone to worship him. Uh, and they don't believe that they can do that. They're not supposed to worship any other gods or anything other than God. Uh, and he commands that they be thrown into a fiery furnace and they're executed. So just imagine that kind of suffering, the fear and the anxiety, the, the terror, being completely overwhelmed, literally being thrown in a fire. They faced unimaginable pain. And here's how they responded in the face of that pain. They say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty, that we will, but even if he doesn't, I love this, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. What an incredible commitment, even in the face of torture. God can save us. God is more powerful than whatever you could do to us. And even if he doesn't show up the way that we think he will or want him to, we have an unwavering commitment to him. We trust him no matter what. They didn't do this just because they thought they'd be rescued out of their pain. They did it because they believed that their God is actually God. And the story continues. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, this is after they've been thrown in the furnace, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. And they come out untouched, no smoke, no burns, nothing. The king says, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship a God except their own God. There is no other God who can rescue like that. And here's the beautiful thing. When we look at this picture, uh, most Christians, when they read this story, uh, would say in some form, uh, that fourth man that looks like one of the gods is in some way Christ or a representation of Christ. And the idea is this, that God doesn't just allow us to be thrown into the fire. He steps into the fire with us. And when we're really suffering, when we're really in pain, we need to be reminded. We see it so clearly in Jesus that God doesn't just kind of throw us some good advice to get through suffering. He enters into suffering. That's what we see in the cross, that Jesus was thrown into the ultimate furnace for us. And he continued in love and in grace and in forgiveness. He continued because of those things to forgive the world. And Tim Keller says that when you can see and be reminded uh, of Jesus on the cross, stepping into the ultimate furnace Hopefully it will help you to start to recognize that Jesus is with you in all the other small furnaces of life, walking you through it, being your wisdom, improving your character. 